Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. It is a new year, so how about a new you? That's right, how about some new clothes from Leon Tailoring? Something ready-made, something custom-made, or something tailor-made. No matter what it is that you're looking for, they can put it together for you at Leon Tailoring. Or maybe you have goals to lose some weight and the clothes don't fit as well as they used to. Well, Leon Tailoring can take care of that. Or maybe you gained a couple of pounds over the holiday season. Well, Leon Tailoring, they can take care of that too. Notice the pattern here, Leon Tailoring, they can sort of take care of everything. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, say hi to Larry, Kim, and Judy, and tell them Abdul Leon Taylorine, 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. Well, as it is the start of 2024, we're fortunate to sit down and talk with our good friend Matt Greller, uh, the head of Accelerating Indiana Municipalities. They're the group uh, that uh, basically looks after uh, and re- uh, reflects the city's interests uh, in the state house and legislature. So, Matt, my friend, happy new year. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Abdul. Always a pleasure. Um, so, how are things going uh, with Indiana cities these days? Hey, great uh, overall. I mean, we're excited about where things, <clears throat> excuse me, stand. We have a whole bunch of newly elected officials that just took office this week. Uh, so we're busy trying to help them get acclimated to their new roles and responsibilities, which is always a uh, refreshing, and I think, re-energizing time of the cycle, I guess, for, for us here at AIM. Um, so... If you're a new mayor, how does AIM help out a new mayor? <laughs> well, the, I guess the very basics are before you take office, we have a series of training programs. We <clears throat> actually have a new mayor school where we had about 80 or 90 percent of the newly elected mayors in the state attend. Uh, and we go over everything from uh, basic finances to tax increment financing to ordinance adoption to the basics of how you get yourself sworn in to, to take office. Um, um, obviously, like I said, obviously, lots of new mayors. Uh, this go around. Uh, are there more new mayors than usual, or is the number, or is the, t- is the turnover rate about the same? We have fifty-one new mayors that are taking that took office this week. Um, that is about average, I would say, maybe just a little below average, believe it or not. So it's just under fifty percent of the number of mayors in the state of Indiana. We have one hundred twenty-two, uh, so it's a lot. It's a lot of turnovers. I will say this time around, though, we lost a lot of veteran mayors that have been very active at the state house, have been active in our organization uh, for a number of years. Um, it's interesting too, also because uh, I want to say. Uh, not, 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 not necessarily that you guys get into the politics of you know Republican or Democrat, but I did think it was interesting that uh, in Republican places Republicans won, and Democrat places Democrats won. So and at the end of the day, your your Lloyd Winnikes and your Greg Ballard type characters um, are just. The, I, I, I joke said the university sort of reset itself. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I will tell you that in in the course of our training, and and this is pretty universal at all the things we do. Politics never comes up. You know, it's the old saying, there's no Democrat way to fix a pothole and there's no Republican way to fix a pothole. You know, in fact, I had a meeting last evening with the mayor of uh, Fisher, Scott Fadness, and he talked about how the mayor of Bloomington came up and spent some time with him before she took office and their opposite political parties. So that's the, I think, kind of thing that we want to see and the kind of uh, approach to, to governance that we want to see around the state. Uh, do you see uh, mayors sort of, uh, a lot more mayors sort of working together these days? Cause I remember when I came here to Indiana 20 years ago, I'm not from blah, blah, blah. I'm from blah, blah, blah. Like, but your town's right next to each other. What, yeah. what's, what's the big difference? Yeah, very much so. And I think a lot of that's been driven by the, the state pushing more regionalism, which has been a benefit to everyday things, whether it's public safety or street department issues, whatever it might be. So, yeah, we, we see that. That's always been the case. But I, I would say we've seen an uptick in recent years. 
We're taking a few moments today to talk to Matt Greller. Matt is the head of AIM. That's Accelerating Indiana's Municipalities. Uh, they're the organization that represents uh, Indiana's uh, city government uh, at the legislature. Uh, Matt, um, so uh, when the lawmakers come back, uh, so if we record this interview, they'll be back on Monday. Yay. Partying about them. Just so, just so excited to have, them, have all, my, all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. Uh, what, is, what is on uh, AIM's AIM's agenda this year? You know, there are some big ticket items that relate to taxes in particular. You know, we have the Salter Task Force that's been working over the interim that will be discussed, I'm sure, this legislative session, but we're really prepping for next year. So that'll be a big ticket item. Uh, Just to explain to our audience what what Salter is. Oh, yeah, sorry. State and local tax review committee. Um, So they're looking at a variety of things. It could be sales tax. It could be income tax. It could be property tax. Uh, Obviously, we have a vested interest in almost all of those. And, and interest in how they shake out or what changes might be made. Uh, so that'll be something that we'll be, you know, building a foundation for probably for the 25 session when we enter into a budget year. Um, it's interesting you talk about taxes because there's a big talk about tax reform and eliminating income tax. Uh, how do taxes impact cities? What taxes do cities, can cities actually levy? Very few. Um, in fact, almost none. So we're reliant on, in most cases, except for a few outliers, the county to adopt an income tax or uh, the, well, that's it. <laughs> uh, we can uh, adopt a, a small wheel tax if the county has not acted. But from a major, uh, major point of view, the sales tax does not impact local government. We don't receive any dollars there. We receive local income tax dollars, which is different from the state income tax and different from what a lot of the gubernatorial candidates are, are talking about eliminating or, or at least investigating the elimination of. So that's really the only thing that has a direct impact on us would be the local income tax and property tax are the two, two big players for us. Um, how did, how did uh, this most recent property tax assessments impact uh, Indiana's governments, uh, particularly cities and towns? Well, it's been an interesting, I mean, as everybody knows, uh, assessments are up. And so the value of our homes around the state of Indiana, for the most part, have gone up, which is a good thing for homeowners. Uh, on the flip side, the uh, inflationary things that come along with increases like that are also up. So it's more expensive to fill a pothole. It's more expensive to buy gas for the street department trucks. It's more expensive to do any number of things to make sure we have public safety folks on the the streets. Uh, So that's something we have to take into account as well. So I I guess in summary, um, assessments have gone up. But that doesn't necessarily mean property taxes have gone up. It's on a very individual basis, case-by-case basis. Uh, But I think what we always have to remember is that even though those assessments are going up, the corresponding costs are increasing as well. How has it impacted city budgets? Because I know know there's uh, lots of folks with the economy sort of being on – Good overall revenues are kind of down to the last couple of quarters, and that could impact you folks not necessarily today, but down the road, particularly with budget surpluses and projects that yeah. you want to do. We're not you're not going to see a big impact this year, or the in 23, from a budgetary standpoint, mostly because the revenues that we received are in a we receive as cities and towns are in arrears, meaning that sometimes it takes 18 months before a dollar is collected at the state level before it works its way through the system and gets back down to the city or town level. 
Matt Grella with us. Matt is the head of Accelerate Indiana's Municipalities. Uh, they're the group that represents cities and, go cities and local governments here uh, in the state of Indiana. Uh, Matt, um, as you look at, uh, like I said, uh, it's an election year coming up, so all sorts of crazy ideas or not so crazy ideas get proposed. What, what do you... How, how do you guys sort of like, hey, cost your lawmaker friends, like, hey, I'm, I'm sure that sound, may look good in campaign literature, but but it's it's not going to work. Yeah, that's – in fact, uh, Jenna Bentley, our government affairs director, and I have been talking about this a lot recently. There's no big overarching issue that we know about in the legislature coming up this year. And, At least until February 14th. Well, right, <laughs> in, in, until we know for sure. It, we, we don't assume there will be anything big, but – when that happens, and Abdul, you've been around the legislature for a long time, folks get bored sometimes and there's a vacuum of uh, things to discuss. So a lot of legislators see that as an opportunity to address some of the smaller issues that typically impact us or county governments. So we have to be really careful to explain what kind of impact a relatively small change in a particular area of the state might have on a bigger impact out, out, elsewhere throughout the state. And that's something that is always a challenge in these short sessions, particularly one that's void of an overarching issue that takes up a lot of time in the General Assembly. Uh, one issue that uh, that's popping up that could impact uh, cities and towns, and uh, I want to say the folks in Lebanon have been dealing with this, uh, the whole thing about the water in Tippecanoe County and, and the Leap District. Uh, I always tell folks it's not just Tippecanoe County that's going to be impacted. It's the Wabash River and everything that sort of goes along all that. Yeah, we're hearing a lot from uh, the folks not only in Tippecanoe County, but in White County and other areas where the watershed feeds into the, the Leap District. You know, as I think it's been well reported, the, the governor sort of hit a pause button on and asked for some studies to be done and a, some analysis to be done. You know, we're very excited about, I think, the potential benefits of the LEAP District, not only for the Lebanon area, but the state as a whole. Uh, we want to make sure, though, that, that other communities are receiving adequate attention and, and make sure that the water issue is, is taken care of where it needs to be. Here's a weird question, and I just saw this as, we were, as, as you're asking this. Who owns the water under this under 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 a municipality? Is is it the property owner? Is it the city? Is it the county? Is it the, is it the state? Or, or has it been figured out yet? Well, this is, you're a lawyer, Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably a better question for you. But uh, my understanding, and I think case law points us in this direction, is that nobody owns owns the water. Uh, essentially, if you own the ground above the water, and you can put a straw on the ground and take the water out, you're able to do so. So that's uh, part of the challenge, I think, that we're experiencing, not only in the Lebanon area, but it's been uh, evident in other areas of the state over the years. And, and that's going to kind of drive where we are, I think, moving forward as well. Matt Grella with us uh, for a few more minutes on the program today as we sort of talk about uh, uh, issues impacting cities and towns here uh, in the state of Indiana. Uh, Matt, uh, public safety is always a big issue. Uh, with cities, uh, with counties. Uh, how are cities doing public safety-wise? Well, uh, it's a challenge, I think, particularly on the police side to find new folks that want to join police departments. I mean, as you can imagine, the nationwide uh, rancor, I guess, about police officers has been overwhelming, and it's had a trickle-down effect to communities in Indiana. So particularly our our small to medium-sized communities are having trouble attracting and retaining officers. Uh, you're seeing a lot of those folks either 
retiring early or moving to larger communities. Uh, you're seeing some interesting strategies employed around the state, whether it's pay increases or whether it's uh, different uh, shift schedules or trying to be more accommodating, more flexible. Uh, so those are the kinds of things that we're, we're looking at. <clears throat> but I would say it's a long way from uh, being a, a solved situation. Um, also, uh, with, with, with respect to police departments, also another issue that's always facing cities is economic development and workforce. And I remember uh, we had this conversation years ago that uh, it's no longer – I think the common guys wrote it's not your father's economic development anymore. You don't just build a road and, right. and offer tax incentives and then people will come and build. It's more quality of life uh, type issues. It's still the same. Uh, I would say Indiana – uh, has done a a really good job uh, in comparison to a lot of other Midwest states and states in the, throughout the country of investing in quality of place type of activities, whether that's been the Ready program or the predecessors to Ready regional cities, et cetera. Um, some of the trails programs that the governor has had, uh, we've done a, a pretty good job of recognizing the importance of that. Some of our corporate uh, leaders in the state have done a good job of promoting that as well. And you're beginning to see the benefits of it. You know, you're seeing upticks in population in areas of the state that had not seen that previously. Um, you're starting to see folks come back to Indiana a little bit. So I'd say we're encouraged, but uh, lots more work to be done. Matt Grello, just a couple more minutes. Uh, Matt, uh, the everyone in the world of TIF and TIF districts, <laughs> those tax increment finance, uh, refresh your audience how a TIF district works and what are the issues that cities are dealing with when it comes to uh, TIF districts and quote unquote these, these, these quote unquote giveaways that some folks like to get ranker, rancorous about. <laughs> Yeah, TIF districts are a, a city or a town can or a county uh, can establish a TIF district that captures any new investment, new increment in the tax uh, dollars received in that district to be reinvested uh, in the area. And so they're really important economic development tools. They're, um, you know, I would say responsible for almost every major uh, in. Uh, industrial economic development project in the state. Uh, they've just been fantastic uh, success stories throughout Indiana, ones that we don't want to see go away. There's a constant rub, I think, with, between TIF and, and what it means for schools. So that's a constant education uh, that we have to we have to go through with our, our friends at the schools. Um, you know, it's just a constant debate, but certainly a tool that we don't want to see go away. Uh, I think it would have an adverse impact on our ability to attract the talent to Indiana that we were just talking about. Second and final question, roads and road funding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was a statement. That wasn't a question. Um, but I know where you're going. Uh, we have a, a very rural legislature. We have a very rural state. So our investment uh, in roads historically has been in the rural parts of, of Indiana, which is fine, which is good. We don't want to lose any of that investment. But I think there has to be a – a recognition that in many urban municipal areas around Indiana, you have increasingly higher demand on the infrastructure that people drive on. Uh, you have future concerns you have to deal with about electric vehicles that won't be paying gas tax, and how do that? How does that work into the equation? Uh, so that's probably the second. I mentioned the tax issue earlier. That's the second big issue that we'll be looking at towards the 2025 session and making sure that everything is as equitable as it possibly can be. 
Uh, final question, my friend. Um, so, uh, when lawmakers uh, come back on, Janu on January eighth, uh, what are you what are you hoping for? Um, them to be gone in very early March. <laughs> I think that's what everybody has been pointing towards. You know, we hear at every short session that we're going to get in and get out very quickly. Uh, I do hear, though, it seems like from conversations with leadership that, that they really mean it this time, and I hope that's the case. Uh, we want to be able, though, to, to point to some small incremental changes uh, that help cities and towns at the end of the day, and we want to make sure that there's not uh, any harm done to our, our membership. All right. Well, Matt Grillo, the head of uh, AIM, uh, Accelerate Indiana Municipalities. Matt, my friend, always good to talk to you. Happy New Year and looking forward to hopefully will be a relatively short session. Yep. Thanks, uh, Abdul, and uh, appreciate talking to you as always. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.